Welcome to the Mid Podcast, where we talk about random shit, geek stuff, and wrestling. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube at the Mid Podcast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button and leave us a comment. You can also listen to the podcast wherever you stream your podcast at Spotify, Apple, and Google. And give us a five-star review if you like what you hear. It helps us get more listeners to our show. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the mid podcast and select the tier that fits you to receive exclusive content. You can also check out our merchandise on the-mid-podcast.creator-spring.com and pick you out some merchandise to rep the show. I am one of your hosts, Catherine, here with my co-host, Brendan. Hello. And, Brendan, what day is it? Uh, Sunday, technically. We started recording when it was Saturday. So we're on time. So we're kind of on time. We'll it count is my, it. It is my favorite weekday of the show. It is AEW Saturday Review. So, Brendan, are you ready to get into some wrestling? Yes. So, as we always start our AEW review, we started with just random wrestling news. So, it come out this week that Joey Janela will not be re-signing with AEW. Your thoughts? Don't care. Move on. WWE has finalized plans for a UK pay-per-view later this year, scheduled for September 3rd. Again? Oh, well. Good for them. I don't care. There's a problem with that. Why? That's the same weekend as AEW's all-out pay-per-view. What? So we watch. Is that even a question? <laughs> I like pro wrestling, not sports entertainment. Okay, moving on. So you know AEW was in like this lawsuit with MLW. The WWE, yeah. So. In an effort to get the lawsuit dismissed, WWE cites the success of AEW. So WWE finally admits AEW is a success. I bet all the WWE fans were pissed. I don't know. Next, in 1995, Vince McMahon said that he saw Stone Cold Steve Austin as a mid-card. No comment, okay. Nope. 
news come out this week regarding ROH? Or for those that listen to the show and don't really follow wrestling, because we do have some fans, ROH stands for Ring of Honor, which was recently purchased by Tony Khan, owner of AEW. TK has said that he will be relaunching ROH as a weekly TV show after the Supercard of Honor. Whether it will be on TV or a streaming service, he is unsure at this time. You want to say the match that wasn't announced for Supercard? I will let you do the honors of that. We have Dim Boys. Dim Boys. The Briscoes versus the second greatest tag team in professional wrestling. FTR. Young Bucks are better. Also, Supercard of Honor is on a Friday night. So basically, Tony Khan is going to, up against Tony Khan. And he's booking both shows. Not only that, he's going up against SmackDown. He's looking at two places at once. Rampage is filmed. I know, I was being funny, dipshit. (laughs) I know. All right, Nick. What are your thoughts on Logan Paul making a comment that he could do a full-time role with WWE. I'm waiting for your comment. That's not the comment. Bless me. That was not the comment I was looking for. and you took your headphones off and made no comment. Damn. Yeah. Fuck Logan Paul. Fuck the WWE. Okay. Next. AEW has been without Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix, Miro, and Cody Rhodes. Do you think their show's have still been fantastic. I need a coin. Need a coin. Come on, you penny. Heads, yes. Tails, fuck yes. Oh. It landed on tails. Okay, then. So, if we noticed on AEW this week, there was no CM Punk. There was no CM Punk on the Dynamite after Revolution. It was a taped interview right after Revolution. What is the reason that CM Punk has not been on AEW for the past two weeks? I don't know. I know the reason. Would you like to know the reason? He had a kid. 
No. What? CM Punk will be missing from AEW for several weeks due to filming the second season of Heels with uh, Steve Amell. Oh. Okay. I mean, when he comes back, he's going to get a big pop anyways. Yes, but who are they going to have him feud with now? Summer of Punk Part 3, Summer of Punk Part 3, Summer of Punk Part 3, Summer of Punk Part 3. And would you like to elaborate on that for our listeners? Like I said, we do have some fans, some listeners that are not avid wrestling fans like we are, so we have to explain. Easy, the Summer of Punk is when he wins the championship, goes on a tear throughout the summer, and boom, Summer of Punk. Simple. It's called the Summer of Punk. Okay. Ma'am, move on. Yes. Next, we found out that Kenny Omega is currently recovering from knee surgery. Recovery time is approximately 10 weeks. At the end of March, he will be getting surgery for a sports hernia. Recovery, two months. Plus, there's other things wrong that he will need to deal with. So as of right now, there's no time frame set for his return. We're already at the end of March, April, May. It's a two-month recovery from his sports hernia, depending on what the other things are. Could we see him show up in May at the pay-per-view? I don't know. I hope. I want Kenny back. I think we may be without Kenny until the summer. I want Kenny back. Okay. This week has been kind of a week for wrestling fans. We um, lost one of the greats, Scott Hall. Razor Ramon. So my question is, what wrestler's death has hit you the hardest, Brendan? I don't know. Would you like my answer to this question? Owen Hart. Is that your answer? No, is that yours? No, even though I was watching the paper review when that happened. And I called that shit when it happened. I think I was pregnant with your sister. Or your sister had just been born. Chris Benoit. And we were watching pay per view with your grandpa. And when the TV went black, your grandpa started fussing at the TV and I said, something's happened. I turned around looking at your daddy and said, I bet you own hearts dead. That's why they went to a black screen. But no, my answer to that question is China and Eddie Guerrero. I don't think any, any wrestler that you've been fond of has passed away since you've been born. No. Mm. 
Who is the best tag team in the world? The Young Bucks. FTR. The Young Bucks. FTR. What does my background say? Um, I can't read because I don't have my glasses on. Then open your eyes. I can't see far off because I have to read my notes, so I had to take my glasses off. The younger bucks. Super kick party. I do like the young books. I am quite fond of the young books. Speaking of young books, <clears throat> can we talk about how great excuse me, Nick Jackson's gear was on Wednesday Night Dynamite? It was beautiful. It was freaking awesome. Every man needs an outfit like that. It was beautiful. The girls. So, it seems that our boy Jeff Hardy had some comments on leaving WWE for AEW. Would you like to hear them? He said that he's much happier in AEW. Well, not actually. His quote was, it was one of the smartest things I've ever done because everything worked out so perfectly mainly because my first day in AEW, I felt valuable for the first time. The care and love I was shown, I got chills thinking about it. After these comments came out, fans proceeded to um, say that him walking out in the middle of a house show match was immature and unprofessional. Cry about it. And that he should have asked his asked Vince for his release. Um, the last person that asked Vince McMahon for his release is still being held hostage. Ask Mufasa Ali how that worked out for him. You want to say that again for the people in the back? Let's ask Mufasa Ali how it worked out for him asking Vince McMahon for his release. He is still being held hostage by the WWE. You know, if Vince is not letting Ali go, he sure as fuck was not going to let Jeff Hardy go. Then you try to smear the man saying that he's back on drugs. Uh-huh. If I was Jeff Hardy, I'd find me a good lawyer, Mark Sterling, and sue WWE for liable. Yeah. So your thoughts on his comments? Um, I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. It seems that, um, Cody Rose has finally signed with AEW. How excited are you about that? Uh, well, if he signed with AEW, he's back. 
think you meant to say WWE. I'm sorry, WWE. I did. It is past my bedtime, and I'm really tired. Well then. Rumor yeah. has it that he signed with WWE for anywhere between three and five million dollars a year. He don't care. Have fun wasting your career away. So, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the dead man, Undertaker, was given an interview to the Dallas Morning News and said that this is actually the second time that he was invited to be part of the WWE Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts on him turning down the first opportunity to be inducted in the Hall of Fame? When was the first time? I didn't say because I didn't read the article from the Dallas News. Oh, well then, I don't know. So my question I propose to you, who is the greatest wrestler not in the WWE Hall of Fame? Seth Rollins. He's still currently wrestling. You asked for my opinion, and that's my answer. Okay. That is true. That is true. That is true. Oh, well, that would be the reason why. Tickets recently went on sale for AEW's pay per view in Las Vegas, Double or Nothing. It has now become the largest non-WWE gate in North American history. They have sold close to 13,000 tickets in almost $1.1 million in revenue. But AEW's dying. Yeah, we should just watch it burn. RSF Rollins says, burn it down! Hey, where's the penalty? Anywho, what's next? So anyhow, that's all I have for random wrestling news. So, are you ready to get into Dynamite? Hold on, I got a question. Who's the best Canadian wrestler of all time? Brent the Hitman Hart. Followed by All Ego Ethan Page. Followed by Christian Cage. So. Followed by Kevin Owens. I saw some people. Saw some people say this. Chris Benoit. Which he was a good wrestler. I was just saying all time. And like, yes, people will overlook him saying that he's a bad person. But I blame it more on his mental health 
than him, actually. If if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say Chris Benoit's up there. Christian, Edge, Bret Hart. But yeah. Well, if you're just talking about wrestling, then you would have, with the Chris Benoit situation, you would just have to look at him as a wrestler, not his personal stuff. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of like the same situation with Michael Jackson. There's Michael Jackson, the person, and Michael Jackson, the entertainer artist. The Michael Jackson entertainer artist was a brilliant person. Michael Jackson, the person, like little boys, have been a bad person, depending on, you know, your opinion. Anywho, on the dynamite. Hold on a minute. Sound effect. Mm-hmm. More sound effect. Mm-hmm. Yes, more sound effect. Is that you or me? Me. Oh. Er- are you good now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. And we're back from commercial break. Thank you. You're welcome. So, let's get into dynamite. Best dynamite, sh- second best dynamite show of 2022. Good night, the Thunder Rhodes is the new champion. You don't ruin it. We ain't even got there yet. Oh, well, I'm very excited about Thunder Rosa being the new champion. I see that. So, what would you rate this dynamite? 10 out of 10. One to ten. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I think I have to give it a ten, too. It's pretty good. So, Dynamite kicked off with a six-man tag match with Adam Cole, Red Dragon, versus Hangman and Jurassic Express. Good match. I mean... You like all these people, so I bet it was tough for you to pick a root for a winner. Well, you know who I'm loyal to the most. Did you notice when Red Dragon come out and they had their names on the screen that it was in red? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that until I went back and watched it. So, we have 
Adam Cole and Jungle Boy starting off the match. And Cole decides that, you know, he's going to go after Jungle Boy. And they did a lot of tagging in and out, kind of isolating Jungle Boy. Which is smart, because, I mean, you don't want the big dinosaur luchasaurus in there. You definitely don't want Hank Man in there. Finally, Luchasaurus gets in, and he decides he's taking out everybody. He's There's old. a choke for you. There's a choke slam for you. There's a choke slam for you. He's old. He needs to retire. He's like 65 million years old. Okay. Then we see Luchasaurus outside of the ring getting beat up by fish. Bobby and Fish as he's getting up by Bobby Fish, Luchasaurus kind of grabs, reaches for stuff. I don't think he realized what he is reaching for. And kind of looks like he's grabbing Adam Cole's peni. That is the plural for penis. Did you notice that? Yes, I'm doing this. The sound effect went off by itself. I didn't even press the button. But did you notice that? No. No, I didn't. I'm going to go back and I'm going to pause the TV and I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to send it to you and then I'll let you tell me what you think. Uh, Adam Cole looked at him like, motherfucker, what are you doing? That's for Brit, bitch, not you. (laughs) Then we see that Hangman gets tagged in, and he decides he's going to take out everyone. There's an ass whooping for you, there's an ass whooping for you, and an ass whooping for you. Then Jungle Boy blind tags um from hangman jumps over hangman and takes out uh adam cole and red dragon who's standing outside the ring one of the greatest moves i've ever seen you have bobby fish in the ring adam cole outside the ring on one side o'reilly outside the ring on the other side and we get a three-man moonsault from Luchasaurus, Hangman, and Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus takes out O'Reilly, Hangman takes out Cole, and Jungle Boy takes out Fish and goes for the pin, and Fish kicks out. Who knows? Yeah. And Luchasaurus did his moonsault off the apron of the ring. He was not on the ropes. Yeah. Then did you notice they had Jungle Boy in their corner and they kept taking turns running into him? Could you hear what they were saying? No. So Bobby Fish goes, my turn, and goes in and like does something. Then O'Reilly goes, me, me, me. And then he runs in and like kicks him with his knee. 
<laughs> and then finally we get Hangman and Cole going at it, which is what we've all been waiting for since Revolution. Yeah. Then we see Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly is on the shoulders of Hangman and Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy double clotheslines them. Yeah, that was a nice move when he. Wee! Double clothesline was really good. Well done. What was the best move? The double clothesline or the three man moonsault? The three song moonsault. Then we see Cole blind, blind, well, I can't talk tonight. Blind tags comes in and lowers the boom and pins Jungle Boy. Yay. Hangman is pissed. Good. Don't like you anyway. You need to fucking drop the title because you suck ass. I did enjoy the match, though. Thought it was a good match. It was a great match. Second best match of the night. So, next we get a Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hob promo. I love me some absolute Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks tells Keith Lee the same thing will happen if he shows up on Rampage. Keith Lee responds, same thing when I punched you in the face and you laid on the mat like a little bitch. <laughs> we love Keith Lee. And then Keith Lee proceeds to walk off. We love Keith Lee. I'm digging this like Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs rival. We just need to find a partner for Keith Lee and have a tag match. And we'll discuss that at the end of Rampage. So our next match, we get John Moxley and Brian Danielson with William Regal versus Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. Thought it was a good match. Great match is what I put. Um, William Regal goes and sits with the commentating booth or table. I have a question. Hmm. Can I get William Regal on commentary all the time? Yes, we need it. William Regal did an interview the week before and thanked Tony Schiavone for helping him with his wrestling career, blah, blah, blah. So William Regal, William Regal says that he didn't thank JR, so he thanks Jim Rawls for doing a lot for him too. Then proceeds to say, guy in the mask, you've done nothing for me. Talking about Excalibur. <laughs> That's William Regal throwing shade. Classic William Regal. I don't know who's more savage, William Regal or Tony Khan. I'll let you think about that for a while. Moxley proceeds to chase Danhausen around the ring. 
Danhausen <laughs> sends a tweet to John Moxley's wife and asks that she tell John Moxley not to chase Danhausen around the ring. <laughs> William Regal asks who who the demon is. They explain Danhausen to him. Then we see Yuta getting his ass kicked yet again. I'm getting tired of it because, like, I'm a big Wheatler Yuta fan, and I'm so tired of him getting his ass kicked. It's going to change soon. Just watch. Then we see Chucky T taking it to Danielson. Throughout commentary, William Regal continues saying professional wrestler. Yeah. Which is very interesting to get later on. Then we see Chucky e. T getting his ass kicked. Then Yuta is in fighting against Moxley, kind of holding his own right there for a little while. Moxley tags in Danielson, and Danielson begins to kick Yuta. And Yuta keeps asking for more. I mean, are you trying to prove how tough you are? I mean, have to impress the guy you're going to end up working for, right? I don't know. Then we see Mox go into the bulldog choke and Yuta taps. And Moxley and Danielson get the win. William Regal heads down to the ring. Best friends start walking out of the arena, heading up the ramp. Yuta looks back at the ring and tells Orange Cassidy to go on. And he gets in the ring and extends his hand to William Regal like a proper young gentleman would. <clears throat> Maxwell did to CM Punk. And William Regal slaps him and Yuta got in his face. Slap of respect. Well, I was impressed Yuta didn't back down. Yeah. So is Yuta going to be the first recruit for the Mox Danielson Regal faction? I hope. I would not be opposed to that. Neither would I. Then next we get an FTR promo. They begin discussing firing Tully Blanchard, and they get interrupted by the Young Bucks. They proceed to tell FTR that maybe they need to fire their stylist. No. Nick's outfit is banging, is what I wrote. And like, out of the two, Matt's my favorite. Yeah. But I did, I did enjoy Nick's outfit, though. Nick. Then Matt proceeds to tell them they will always be second best tag team in AEW. And then he goes, love you, bye. <laughs> 
I love me some Matt Jackson. Then we get another promo, which is our boys. Everybody loves the acclaim. Oh, we love the acclaim. Everybody loves to scissor. But please ask before you just go up to someone and scissor. So we are going to get Max Caster versus Keith Lee on Rampage. Anthony Bowens calls Keith Lee a Cleveland Jr. Cleveland is a character from Family Guy. (laughs) Who proceeded to end up having his own show. Great show. Go check it out. They are interrupted by Starks and Hobbs. And Starks tells them it's their duty what he and Hobbs have been trying to do. And that is stop the new people from taking what is theirs. Then Swerve comes out and gets in Stark's face and proceeds to ask whose house? Swerve's house. And that's how the crowd responds. Then Max Caster looks at Ricky Starks and goes, ain't that guy a rapper? Yep. We need a rap battle between Swerve and Max Caster. Please. Next we get another promo, I would say. But we get the explanation of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Hill Jericho is awesome. I'm getting Raw is War vibes from this Jericho back in the day. Yes. However, Jericho, I do think you need to talk to the Young Bucks and get with their stylist because you need to learn how to match your purples. Well, he's a sports entertainer. I don't care. Even sports entertainers would not dress like that and they would match their purples. (laughs) Your coat is one shade of purple. Your shoes are another shade of purple. And your gloves are another shade of purple. And they kind of all clash and do not look good together. Jericho proceeds to tell the crowd that they are lucky to be living in the Jericho area. No, no, we're not. No, because the JAS means horny in the African language. (laughs) Well, maybe Jericho is horny. Maybe. Jericho then proceeds to call the AEW roster pro wrestlers and says that he is a sports entertainer. Jericho, you lost me, bud. Then Daniel Garcia proceeds to grab the mic and says, I am a sports entertainer, too. You lost me, Daniel. Then Jericho says, 2.0 is a bad name from creative, and we will never hear it again. And proceeds to rename the members of 2.0 is Daddy Magic Mike Menard and Cool Hand Angelo Parker. 
Okay. You need to check out Danhausen's vlog because he proceeds to call Angelo Parker Andre Jackson. Yeah, I saw it. He also called, I think Mark Sterling's a ripoff of Mark Sterling. Yes. And he also refers to Chris Jericho as Chris Judas. Yes. Then Hager grabs the mic, or Jericho gives Hager the mic, and he tells them, tells the crowd that we are the JAS and we beat up pro wrestlers. And we're your horny. And there was a fan in the stands with a sign that said Jericho did nothing wrong. Jericho did everything wrong. Everything. What did Jericho do wrong? Call himself a sports entertainer. Well, maybe he has hopes of going back to WWE. Well, good for him. I don't care. I don't want to see sports entertainment. If I'll do that, I'll watch the shitty show on Monday and Tuesday and Friday. Chris Jericho, there would be no AEW because he carried the company on his back. (laughs) Kenny Omega? I'm just quoting what Jericho said. Omega's better, plus ratio, plus L, plus Jericho fell off. When did Jericho fall off? I don't know. I was just saying that. Next, we get the TNT title match. Scorpio Sky, or as Dan Housen calls him, Scorpion Sky, versus Mr. Mayhem himself, Wardlow. What's your thoughts on the match? Fuck Maxwell. We'll get into Maxwell. I mean, I'd like to get into Maxwell. But anyway, do you think it was a good match, a bad match, a mid-match? Mediocre match? That was decent. That was a good match. It could have been a great match if Ethan Page was there. Yeah, but he was moving. No. Do you know why Ethan Page was not there? Why? Ethan Page sent out a tweet and said that he caught wind that they had a deal going down with MJF and that he chose to be off that week. Him and MJF got some beef. He does not like Maxwell. I wonder why. I don't know, but I think that's a feud I need to see that I didn't know I needed to see. It could just be working the crowd. Hmm. I don't know. So, let's move on. So Scorpio comes out with one belt slung across his shoulder. Dan Lambert is wearing the other, and they are accompanied by Paige Van Zandt and her husband. The TNT title on Dan Lambert is the best it's looked recently. Scorpio 
is the first person to hold a tag team belt and a TNT title belt. Nice. So, if you were facing an opponent like Wardlow, what would be your um, plan of attack? Go for the knees. Or the leg. Scorpio goes for the legs. Always take the big person down. Wardlow slams Scorpio. Then we see Paige Van Zandt gets in Wardlow's face. And Wardlow decides that he would flex his titties at her. I mean, I'm all for seeing Wardlow flexing his titties because they are some nice-looking titties. Go ahead. I was waiting for you to make a comment. Go ahead. And we see the match goes back and forth between Wardlow and Scorpio. And Wardlow gets the Powerbomb Symphony started. He proceeds to Powerbomb Scorpio three times. And he was getting ready to Powerbomb Scorpio outside the ring on the floor. And Sean Spears comes down the ramp holding not one, but two chairs. He is the chairman. Yes. Wardlow forgets about Scorpio Sky and starts paying attention to Sean Spears. And out of the fucking blue, here comes Maxwell. I miss my Maxwell. Last week's Dynamite sucked with no Maxwell. No, the hell was better without Maxwell. He comes out of nowhere, sends Wardlow into the steel post, and Scorpio gets the pin and retains his title. Then we see Paige Van Zant's husband. His name is Austin something. Austin Gunn? No, I think it's like Vanderberg or something. I don't remember. But anyway, he begins attacking Wardlow. Does the man have a death wish? Yes. Then we see our boy Maxwell get into the ring. Sean Spears is on the outside of the ring saying, pick him up. Wardlow begins to fight back. Wardlow is looking at MJF, who is like, wait a minute. And Maxwell makes a beeline to the ropes to try to escape. And Wardlow grabs him, sets him up for a power bomb, and then Sean Spears hits him with a chair. The crowd popped when he put MJF's head between his legs because we all thought he was getting a power bomb. He should have. I mean, I'd put my head between MJF's legs too, but. So, Spears hit him with the chair. He let Maxwell go. Wardlow flips Spears off, 
and then Spears proceeds to hit him in the head with a chair after you done hit him in the back. Ouch. Then we see MJF pulls out a wad of cash, hands it to Dan Lambert, and says, thank you very much, and shakes his hand. Bitch. Then MJF proceeds to take off his coat and scarf, and he hits Wardlow with his dynamite diamond ring. And proceeds to stand on Wardlow with his ring held in the air. I'm so excited for this feud. Maxwell's going to lose. Wardlow's going to beat the shit out of Sean Spears first. Then he's going to beat the shit out of FTR. Then he's going to get his hands on Maxwell. We all knew that MJF was going to cost Wardlow this match. We all knew it. Yes. If you are an AEW fan, you've seen the writing on the wall. If you watched Revolution. And if you didn't. You missed a great fucking pay-per-view. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to see where this feud goes. And we're going to get to hear from MJF next week on Dynamite. I'm so excited. Boo. I think I will have to put these closed captions on so I can take notes and write down what he's saying. Why? Why? Because it's going to be fucking awesome. It's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. When is he not awesome on the microphone? All the time. Anyway. (laughs) So next, we get the in-ring debut of the Hardy Boys who are fighting private party. I thought it was an okay match. Nothing really exciting. The Hardys one, that's all that matters. There was a big pop for the Hardys when they come out. Did you know that this was Tony Schiavone's first time ever calling a Hardy Boys match? That's surprising. I did not know that until he said that. (laughs) So we get Matt and Quinn starting off the match. And they're pretty much taking it to fucking Matt. Matt's getting his ass kicked. The crowd is chanting, we want Jeff. Matt finally makes the tag. Jeff comes in. I will say he looked pretty good in the ring. Like, you didn't, you know, have any rust from him not wrestling for, like, three months? Yeah. We see Matt do a twist of fate. Jeff Hardy hits his swanton bomb, and Jeff Hardy gets the pin. So, you think, okay, match over. Uh Uh-uh. My boy, Andrade, comes out. Looking good. 
looking good with the rest of his crew. Loved Andrade's suit. They begin to surround the ring with Matt and Jeff in it. And then all of a sudden, we hear this shitty-ass music hit. It's the greatest, third-best theme song in AEW. Did I send you that thing about AEW theme songs? No. They're doing a bracket. Uh, I'll have I to saw. send it. Yeah. So Darby's music hits. He and Sting come down. Sting is carrying his bat. Darby is carrying his skateboard. And we see Grandpa and Goth Grandson get in the ring with the Hardys. And the AFO walks off. I'm thinking this is going to be setting up an eight-man tag match in the future. I could be wrong. Very rarely am I wrong. We'll see on Rampage. I mean, very rarely am I wrong. You're never wrong. No, you're not. It's tough being this perfect. So then we get to our main event. Steel cage. Our main event is a steel cage match. Um, the first ever steel cage match for women in AEW. Yay. Yay. But I thought Tony Khan didn't like the women's division. That's why it sucks so bad. And the booking of it's kind of meh. But they still put on bangers. That's what she said. Anywho, your overall thought on the match? Ten out of ten match, greatest match of the year so far. I thought the match, the match, the match, the match was outstanding. Mhm. What did you think about the mariachi band playing before Rosa come out? Greatest entrance in AEW history. Do you know whose idea it was for the mariachi band? Tony Khan's. No. Britt Baker. It was Thunder Rosa's idea. She asked Tony Khan about it after Revolution. Huh. And he thought it was a great idea. So we have a a mariachi band. I will say that Thunder Rosa needs to work on her throw because she barely got the sombrero over the rails. Was she threw the sombrero. Okay, the sombrero is like really big. So like it makes I mean, sense. It doesn't like big things. Eh, it makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna handle big things, you should know how to handle big things. Uh, right? I suppose. Where'd you go? I don't see you anymore. I'm laying down. You lazy motherfucker. <laughs> Get your ass up. Get him up. If I gotta sit up, you gotta sit up, dipshit. <laughs> I am sitting up. Anyway. 
Anyway. Thunder Rosa has the same gear design from last year's match at the same time with one exception. Do you know what that one exception is? 316. She has 316 on her butt because it was 316 day. Can I get a hell yeah? Um, no. You can get uh, Stone Cold. What? what? Then we see Britt Baker come out. She came out alone. No Jamie Hayter, no Rebel. And she is paying homage to the late Scott Hall in her black and white gear. Bell rings. Baker immediately begins to climb the cage. You don't win the match by climbing out of the cage. Not this time. Not in AEW. Nope, because they're professionals. So Thunder Rosa sends Baker into the cage. We see Baker get busted open. And Thunder Rosa drags Britt Baker's face across the cage. Bet that hurt. Ouch. Then we see Britt mounting some offense, and she throws uh, Thunder Rosa into the cage. I blocked this. Wait, no, never mind. That's not. Then Britt proceeds to go under the ring and get chairs. She doesn't get just one chair. She gets like eight chairs. What is she going to do with eight chairs? Throw Thunder Rosa on them. Baker went to hit Rosa and missed. Thunder Rosa clothesline Britt Baker. Hits her with a chair and lands a stunner. The ref gets kicked and falls out of the ring. Rosa hits the Thunder Driver, but there's no referee. And Rosa should have won right here. Uh, I was watching this with Keith. Can my mic stop falling over, you piece of fuck? Well, quit holding it and put it somewhere where you went. I was it. holding. I wasn't holding it. It was on my desk. But anyways, I was watching it with Keith. I was like, oh, fuck, this is where Rosa loses the match. He was like, yeah, probably. So, Britt Baker hits Rosa with the chair, proceeds to pile the chairs up in the corner, and Baker puts Rosa through the chairs. Britt Baker yells, get a fucking ref out here. And we proceed to see Aubrey Edwards comes in and gets a two count. Baker gets pissed, gets in Aubrey's face, and Aubrey pushes her back. Yeah, but, you know, people will be like, Aubrey's trying to make it about herself. So then Baker proceeds to set the chairs up on top of each other. 
And then Thunder Rosa and Baker are on the ropes. Rosa elbows Baker. They both end up on the top rope. Thunder Rosa hits Baker, her head on the cage. And Britt Baker falls through the chairs. Ow. There's no easy way you can take that bump, period. You're going to get hurt from that, period. Rosa proceeds to go for the pin and only gets a two count. Then we see Baker goes back under the ring and gets a bag of thumbtacks. Why in every steel cage match do we have to have thumbtacks? Thumbtacks are fun. I love thumbtacks. Personally, I wouldn't want to be thrown in them. But other being thrown in them is cool as hell to watch. Yes. The Twitterverse proceeded to say they were fake thumbtacks. Yeah, Britt told them off. Um, If you see the pictures of Britt Baker's arm and Aubrey Edwards' arms, because she did the count in the fucking tax and didn't miss a beat, and I'm not a fan of hers, but you could see the marks in them. Yeah. When they were taken out. So then we see Britt slams Thunder Rosa into the tax, and we see Baker goes and gets pulls her glove out of her boot, And Thunder Rosa begins to bite her hand. Then Thunder Rosa powerbombs Baker into the thumbtacks. Rosa hits her fire Thunder Driver in the tacks, gets the pin, and we have a new AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Yay! Thunder Rosa. How happy was Keith, American Keith? Very. I'm sure he was. You could see the emotion on her face as Aubrey handed her the belt. And did you notice who come down to congratulate her? Dustin. Dustin Rhodes, the women's coach. He coaches the women's division of AEW. So... That is how Dynamite ended for their St. Patrick's Day Slam, crowning a new women's champion. So what were your top five moments from Dynamite? Thunder Rosa winning. Thunder Rosa winning. Did I mention Thunder Rosa winning? Thunder Rosa winning. Oh, fuck. What's the last one? Thunder Rosa winning. Thank you for being non-creative. That's why you wouldn't work for wrestling, because you don't have a creative brain. Uh, No, that's just my top five favorite moments of the night. Would you like to hear my top five favorite moments yes number five jeff hardy's in-ring debut number four scorpio sky retaining the tnt title 
Number three, Dan Lambert making a deal with the devil himself, MJF. Number two, Chris Jericho saying he is a sports entertainer. And my number one, do you want to take a guess? Maxwell. No, my number one is Thunder Rosa winning the AEW Women's Championship. My phone sucks sometimes. Just like you. Oh. You know what? Fine, then I'm sending it to you like this. Okay, have fun with Lizardhausen. Okie dokie. Did you send? Lizardhausen. I seen that. So now let's move on to Rampage on Friday night. At eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Motherfucker, Rampage didn't start until almost quarter to twelve. Oh because they were not supposed to do after fucking basketball shitty interviews and we were supposed to go straight into rampage tnt is a bunch of fucking liars oh who cares then after that i got 15 goddamn fucking commercials who was in rampage i didn't need 15 goddamn commercials and who cares we still got rampage and that's all that matters no, because I have this shit set up to record at a fucking certain time because that's the way your fucking cable receivers work. So it went over the time and did not fully record Rampage and fucking pissed me off because TNT can't stick to a goddamn motherfucking schedule. Okay, my rent's over. Sorry that March Madness gets more money than AEW. March Madness sucks ass. No, it doesn't. Basketball sucks ass. Oh, but who's been watching March Madness? Only because I had to wait for this motherfucking shit to go off to watch Rampage. Oh, sure. Anyways. Anyways, on to Rampage. So, when Rampage finally decides to come on scrappy TNT, we see Darby and the Butcher in the ring. Thoughts on the match? Uh, good match. Darby win. Darby starts off good, but the butcher takes it to Darby and starts kicking Darby's little goth punk bitch ass. Darby went for a spear on the butcher and Darby's head ended up in the rail. Did you see that? Yes. That boy gonna have some concussions, some CTE, something. All of the above. Butcher proceeds to swing Darby around and then throws him into the corner like he was like trash, which he is. No Darby slander allowed. 
The butcher proceeds to kick Darby's ass, puts him in a cloverleaf, picks him up out of the cloverleaf, and power bombs him. Then he swings Darby into a rail, then throws him into the steel stairs. And Darby finally decides he's going to mount some offense and does a coffin drop on the butcher out who is laying outside the ring. Cool coffin drop. Probably hurt, but it's cool. Darby technically does not win this match. Yeah. yeah, he does. No, he don't. He didn't pin him or make him submit. Darby won the match. How did Darby win the match? <laughs> because Butcher got counted out, so therefore Darby gets the win. But AEW does not do countouts. This is like the first one they've done in like three years, okay? I'm just saying, to win a match, you either need to pin your opponent or make your opponent submit. Darby did neither, therefore he did not technically win the match. Anyway, so then we see Andrade come out. And Private Party attacks Sting and Darby. And then the Hardy Boys come in to save Darby and Sting, just like Sting and Darby did on Wednesday night. Matt has a microphone and proceeds to say, numbers, e- numbers are even. Get your asses in the ring. So we see Private Party, Blade, and Andrade on the apron. And then they jump down. And then they get challenged by Matt for an eight-man Texas Tornado match. That's going to be fun. Then we get a Scorpio Sky promo. Love the promo. Love Dan as co-TNT champion. What did you think about Paige Van Zant? My thoughts will be kept to myself. Just about her promo and what she said during her promo. Thought was cool. She prints more money than the Federal Reserve. I like Van Zant. She's cool. I like her. She's going to be better than Ronda Rousey. Watch. I could see that. Next, we get a women's match between Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. And we see that Layla goes after Red Velvet on the ramp before Red Velvet even gets into the ring. And Velvet body slams Hirsch on the ramp and begins to take it to Hirsch as the bell rings. Did you notice that Layla Hirsch had new gear? Yeah, it was like some type of Japanese. Do you know what it said? Legit. Just asking. 
When did you learn how to read Japanese? Ricky Starks. Then we see her grabs a turnbelt like she has been doing in her previous matches. And we see a new Chris Statlander come out and grab it. When Statlander came out, I, I wasn't focusing on the match. I'm going to be honest. About Statlander and all black. Oh, he had to go whack off. Sorry. From thinking about Statlander in black. <laughs> Red Velvet gets the pin. And Layla Hirsch finally gets a loss. Yay. Then we get a QT Marshall promo. I love QT. QT called out your boy hook. QT, you know what happened the last time you did this? Hook sent your ass back to school. He will do it again. He's going to give him an appreciation certificate. I can't wait to see that on Rampage next uh, Friday. Going to be fun. So then we get the House of Black versus Bear Country and Fuego del Sol. I didn't really give two shits about this match. House of Black wins. Move on. House of Black wins. Matthews has some speed for a big guy. Like, them leg shots he was doing? Like, he was going, like, right, left, right, left. Um, I did like the springboard by uh, Fuego Del Sol when he met Birdie King's fist. Yeah, Fuego got folded. Matthews gets the pin on Fuego, and House of Black gets the win, and then we see a Penta promo. I need Ray to hurry up and come back so we can get the Lucha Brothers back together. I don't know if I like Penta by himself. I like Penta by himself, but like... Eh. Like, they don't know what to do with him by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Because I'm not fond of him always teaming with Pac, because I don't like Pac. I need Ray to hurry and get back. I need my Lucha Brothers back so they can get their, ba- uh, get their tag uh, titles back from that crappy team called Jurassic Express. Hey, they're not crappy. No, I actually like Jungle Boy's theme song. Oh, I'm that on the Alexa. Oh, I can't play that on the Alexa. I can't go get Jesus chicken. Yeah, you can. I can't get Jesus chicken until you come back. Your nana will not go get Jesus chicken until you freaking come back. Well, she can go get Jesus chicken. She said she was not getting Jesus chicken till you come back. Why? 
because your nail is a crazy old hag. I don't know. Hmm. So I need you to hurry up and come back so I can get Jesus chicken. Well, go get Jesus chicken. Let's get back to the rampage. Because I'm tired and I still got to take a shower. I got to be up early. Indy racing come on tomorrow? Formula One. Well, same difference. There's a... I hate when people say that. There's a difference between IndyCar and F1. IndyCar is shit. F1 is not. Same difference. Anyway, so we move on to our main event of Rampage. Max Caster versus Keith Lee. Anthony Bowles proceeds to call Keith Lee King Henry lookalike. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Anthony Bowes, yeah, yeah, kind of not wrong because King Henry VIII was a, kind of a big guy. <laughs> like, over 300 pound big guy. Yeah, but could he move like Keith Lee can? No. The horse is probably crushed under his weight when he tried to get his butt on a horse. He probably couldn't even get on a horse. <laughs> like, they probably had to, like, double wood the carriage so the carriage wouldn't crack under the weight of King Henry VIII. Max Caster always comes out with a rap. Thought his rap was good. <laughs> that that it was. It was a good back and forth between Lee and Caster. Then Powerhouse Hobbs comes out and is standing up at the um, commentary commentary table. Lee gets a little distracted. Let's Caster get some momentum. Bowens decides he was going to try to get in Lee's face. Caster has Lee down, and Bowens takes a cheap shot at Lee. Then Lee proceeds to slam Caster and get the win. Thought it was a good match. Then Hobbs and Starks proceed to go down the ramp, and then we get Starks, Hobbs, and the Acclaim all attacking Keith Lee. Who comes out to help Keith Lee? Swerve. Whose house? Swerve's house. And Swerve doesn't technically come alone. He brings reinforcement known as a chair. Hob Stark and the acclaimed bolt. And Swerve and Lee shake hands. This is a tag team I didn't know I needed. But I would be down for this tag team. Yeah. And then Rampage ends with Chris Jericho saying that's entertainment. It's very entertainment. That is Jericho's new line that he will be using on everything. 
Rampage was okay. Could have been better if it wasn't for basketball and had come on at a decent time and I wasn't tired. Yes. No. Yes. And so, what would you give Rampage? 10 out of 10. I think you're just biased. What? Me? I'm hurt that you would say that. Me? Biased? No. So, I have an idea. Tell me what you think about this idea. So I was listening to Busted Open this morning and Bully Ray brought up the idea of having a intergender tag title. In AEW? And said that AEW would probably be the company that would do it if it ever got done. What's your thoughts on that? Do it. 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 And his idea on how you would put the the teams together was you would put the names in a hat you'd have one for the guys one for the girls and you would draw one out of each hat so like you'd reach in and pull out like Sammy Guevara and Jay Cargill and they would be a tag team and then you would reach in the hat and pull out another name for a guy and another name for a girl and you could have like Tay Conti and Keith Lee and eventually having them two tag gender teams meet. Dave's on to something. LaGreca's on to something. I, I kind of dig that idea. Then I would just throw that out there and let you think about that. I think Bully needs to be a a creative person at some wrestling company. Oh, it's Bully? That's that. I thought it was LaGreca. No. It was Bully Ray. Oh. Anywho. So anyhow, I forgot to mention that when we were doing random wrestling news. So I don't have anything else. As usual, AEW was awesome for the week. When is it not? That is true. And then this this Wednesday on Dynamite, we are going to get Sting, Darby Allen, and the Hardys versus Profit Party, The Butcher, and The Blade. We are going to get Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And we get to hear from the devil himself, MJF. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Anybody but Maxwell. So. We will be back on Saturday with this upcoming week in AEW and Random Wrestling News. So, as we say on the mid podcast, 
we usually end it with because you're mid and you know it. However, we are going to end this podcast with a great line from the late Scott Hall that says, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. See you next time. I'm Batman.